Hello, this is Eric Schultz for Jersey Arts the Podcast. I recently visited the campus of the famed American Boy Choir School in Princeton, New Jersey, and spoke with the school's president and CEO, Dean Orton, and assistant music director and accompanist, Carrie Hyman. The school was founded in Columbus, Ohio in 1937, but has been located in Princeton since 1950. The Boy Choir regularly performs with world-class ensembles, including the Boston Symphony Orchestra, the Philadelphia Orchestra, and the New York Philharmonic. They've appeared with James Levine at Tanglewood and performed with renowned soprano Jesse Norman, jazz musician Wynton Marsalis, pop diva Beyonce, and at Carnegie Hall with Sir Paul McCartney. Dean, this is a very unique school, part of a tradition that goes back almost to the Middle Ages. Give me a sense of what the boys experience here and what these extraordinary performance opportunities mean for them. It's a rich history as we approach nearly 75 years as the American Boy Choir. And it's a school, of course, but first and foremost, we've, over the years, just uh, excelled at a musical experience. And it's a, it's kind of a combination where the uh, learning comes from doing. And when the outcomes that you result in, certainly we get one of the world's finest choirs as an output from the dedication of the boys. Uh, but in that process, the learning experience truly is something that serves them for a lifetime. The boys themselves, uh, primarily uh, from, from the United States, uh, but there are are enrolled from various countries, Asia, uh, throughout Europe. It's, it's been a wonderful mix over the years. Um, and wherever there's a real interest in a talent to want to sing at the highest levels, uh, that, that allows us to meet from all different backgrounds. And what age kids come here? Primarily, the choir uh, is made up of uh, boys in the fourth through eighth grade levels. So, Carrie, how do boys discover the school? How do they audition? How does that process work? We have two primary ways that boys find out about the school. There are boys who are from uh, the local area who might hear about the school through word of mouth, uh, see advertisements for concerts and things like that, uh, and they often call us and, and would come in and visit an audition. Uh, m- most boys, though, primarily would find out about the school from our concerts. We tour as part of the education here, and we cover the country every few years. Most of the boys will come to the concert, get excited about the idea, and audition following the concert. And after they audition, if it's a positive audition, we invite them to come visit. Uh, They come visit the campus with their families. We talk to them, they talk to us. We try to figure out if it's going to be a good fit for everybody. And assuming it is, then we bring them in. So you invite people in the audiences at your concerts audition right then. That is correct. It's it's often a spur-of-the-moment decision for some boys. They see this happening, they see that the boys are having fun on stage, and they think, I'd like to be a part of that. I 
imagine that not all the boys end up being professional musicians. So I wanted to ask you two questions. One is what this education does in particular for kids who do want to become musicians and maybe also for those who are going to go off and be lawyers or doctors. You're exactly right. We have, you know, by the time the boys leave here, they are reading music, understanding music, easily at a level of college freshmen. Uh, so they're very ahead of the, of the curve in that respect, and that knowledge serves them uh, very well for the rest of their lives. They will almost all stay in music in some way, whether that's just as a concert goer or as a participant in their community choirs, church choirs, any, any other way. They, they leave with a love of music. That being said, most of our boys don't go into the music field as a profession. Um, but the skills that they learn here, while we use music as the model, can be applied, these skills can be applied to many, many other fields. And it's, it's teaching them to be self-reliant, teaching them to be uh, curious, to be thorough, to follow through. Uh, you know, it's all the things that, take, that it takes to make a great concert, you can apply those very same things to make a great term paper, to make a great science project. Uh, and we really try to reinforce that, not just in the rehearsals, but also in the other classes as well. And how does the day then proceed? I mean, they're studying all their academics and they're studying other things as well, right? Yeah, we have a very long school day here compared to most schools. Uh, yeah, the boys are already gathering by 7.30 in the morning and the day doesn't end until 6 o'clock at night. It's, it's a, quite a commitment for people of this age, um, but they have all of their regular academic subjects. They have English, science, math, social studies, Spanish, um, and then we mix in music theory uh, and, and a lot of rehearsal. So the way you know, we do that is by just having a very long, committed day. In the end, it serves another purpose as well, and that's when we go out on tours. Uh, they have very long days as well. We have, we're still gathering at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and the boys have to be awake and aware all the way through the concert that night. So uh, these boys work far beyond most of their peers, at least in the number of hours that they commit. What happens when the boys' uh, voices change? Does that happen? Yes, it happens practically every day. Uh, yes, this is the time when boys are, start out as, as sopranos or trebles, and most of them, before they leave, their voice change will have already begun. Uh, the, the tradition in the boy choir world from a thousand years back was that when your voice changes, you were excused uh, from your singing responsibilities. And most boys would finish out the year, you know, turning pages, helping set up, things like that. Uh, the American Boy Choir, though, has a very proud history of being among the first, if not the first, to engage those boys whose voices are, are starting to change uh, and help them sing through that process. So now uh, this began with Jim Litton uh, probably 20-some years ago, and it is a very strong sense of pride that we have our change voices who sing along with us in the concerts. Uh, they provide a, a rich color, and uh, you know sometimes there are parts they can't sing, and they lay out for those parts. And the other parts where they can, they join in and are fully participating musicians.
are some uh, recent highlights, uh, musical highlights, would you say? Recent highlights, uh, we've had several this year alone. We started out the year with the New York Philharmonic singing an amazing score by William Walton that he composed for a movie back in the 50s, probably, uh, called Henry V. And this music was scored specifically for uh, Christopher Plummer. He's the soloist, solo speaker, and he delivers a lot of information, uh, lines from Shakespeare's Henry V. And it was orchestra and chorus and children's chorus, and it was really great fun. We also had the honor of performing uh, the fantastic Benjamin Britten War Requiem with the London Philharmonic at Lincoln Center and that was in October. It was reviewed as one of the 10 best performances of 2011 by The New Yorker, so it was quite a beginning to our year. And we've had lots of wonderful things since. When you look at the alumni and you hear time and time again, they sang for Einstein, they've been involved with Bill Cosby, they've been on the Oscars, they've uh, been in front of uh, Bob Hope. You're talking about decades of veritable who's who, all of the presidents, uh, that they've sung for over the years, and they've been America's singing boys. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the education that they took, uh, a commitment to excellence to learn, and a commitment to an overall outcome of, of, of learning, and, and then being able to be that global citizen, and go on and be active in the community, and be a part of a team looking back. I think that's what they find to be the, the greatest takeaway, that you just just doesn't happen anywhere else when you're at such a young age asked to perform at such a high level uh, with with a commitment to a profession through the music. Well Dean and Carrie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Thank you. For more information about the American Boy Choir School, visit AmericanBoyChoir.org. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible with support from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and public engagement in the arts since 1966. This is Eric Schultz for Jersey Arts, the podcast.